Kabiso Musiya on SAFM. So let me share a quick story before we speak to a life coach, a life and recovery coach about addiction, because addiction is serious, folks. And uh, we really wish that people that suffer from addiction can recover. So in 2016, I was at the Rio Olympic Games. I covered the games there. I was working for another radio station at the time, and Velile Mnyandu was from SABC. We met there, and we would basically cover the similar stories. We'd be in the pool with the swimmers. We'd be on the track with the athletes. And I was there when Luva was jumping in the long jump final, and he came second. I was, As I mentioned, I was sitting next to the pit. So anyway, he won gold. We were happy. I mean, he won silver. Apologies. We were happy. Everybody was happy. Uh, it was a wonderful comeback for from Luvo after his addiction and his problems. He was also banned, uh, of course, for using tech and he bounced back to win Olympic silver. The next day then, we go to the athlete's village and we were supposed now to interview the medal winners. So we're supposed to interview Luvo because he he has just won silver. It's about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning in Brazil and we are there with international media. And here comes Luvo, folks. Drunk. It's the first time I've ever said it. He was so drunk that you could tell that he didn't sleep the previous night after he won silver. I don't know how they got alcohol in the Atlas village. Maybe there is a bar. But he was there and he was there to face the media and to face the international media. And we had to call the media person aside of Saskok to say, but Luvo cannot face the media, not in this state. He was reeking of alcohol. It was so disappointing because we know that this was somebody with addiction. And they always say that once you start drinking, then you are on your way back to to whatever substance you were using and Valil and I we were so disappointed but we felt that it was our duty at the time whether we were right or wrong we felt that it was our duty at the time to protect Luvo and we made sure that Saskok the media officer at Saskok takes him back to his room and he must go and sleep and thankfully they did take him back before he could speak to, to more media I think he had done one interview before he had come to us and CNN and BBC and everybody was waiting there to speak to him and we said no not in this state Luvo and that was the last I saw of Luvo in Rio but we were so disappointed we didn't even report on that story when we came back home it was just it was just not nice to see especially just hours after he had won olympic silver so i don't want to say i'm surprised by what's happening but it's just it's very disappointing because we know the talent that is luvo manyonga but let's find out more about addiction and let's speak to a life and recovery coach we've invited uh Kuresh isaacs just to speak to us about uh this addiction Kuresh, good evening and thank you very much for taking our call on safm uh, this evening Ooh. I don't think you can hear me. Okay, Kuresh, can you hear us now? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, I was saying good evening and thank you for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Uh, no, I'm saying thank you, Tabiso. Thanks for the, for, the inv- for the invite. Thank you, Kuresh. We are talking about addiction and recovery and we uh, after a sports star seems to have fallen off the wagon. But firstly, for you, how did you become a life and recovery coach? Was it from experience? Um, I became a life coach, uh, or rather a life coach in 2010, and then after that, 2012, um, my son got involved in traveling, and then I became a, a recovery coach. So um, most recovery coaches become recovery coaches after you know family members or there's an incident, or uh, there's always a reason why we become recovery coaches. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's been a long road for me. Eight years in recovery, in recovery coaching, and uh, it's it's been uh, very uh, uh, the experience that that we've picked up, and every case is is different. Mm. So yeah, it's it's been an uphill battle. Yeah, and uh, a lot of good stories, a lot of uh, not so good stories. So yeah, it's it's 
it's how it, it goes with, with addiction. And how do you then describe your, your role? What exactly do you do as a recovery coach? Okay, basically, you're, as a recovery coach, you um, you are called in uh, at a situation where the, the person or the client is at a stage where the family don't know anymore. You know, they, they don't call you in early. We, we worked with schools. Um, those are, that, that, that was much easier because we, we got those kids when they just started their addiction, you know, maybe one month, two months, maybe up to six months, we can still do a lot. But the, the, the adults, um, their situation is much more difficult, different because we normally get them, you know, after they've been in addiction for a couple of years. And then to get them back into the mainstream or to get them to, to recovery or to get them into a rehab, that is always a major, major challenge because, you know, there's denial, the family's been torn apart. Um, and, and, you know, what, what the addict brings into the family brings in conflict, confusion, and chaos. So that's what, what the family deals with. Every situation is a conflict. They don't know how to deal with it. And that's the biggest problem that families don't know how to support. Um, the, some of these addicts are manipulators. Um, you know, they... Uh, they do uh, as they please. They come and they go, and the and the families uh, bear the brunt of this. Not just the immediate family, the family on the outer circle, the in-laws. Sometimes, you know. So a lot of people has been uh, drawn by by one person in addiction. So it's it's a very tough situation. You spoke about denial. Then what what happens if the addict is in denial and they say that they don't want assistance? Then what do you do as a as a family member or as a recovery coach? Okay, normally uh, it starts with the family. They they normally in denial. They don't believe that the child is in or the you know sometimes it's an adult. They, they don't want to believe that he's in addiction, so they carry on with this notion for long until somebody says, "But I think." You know, you, you need to get this person tested. And obviously, the, the addict knows now he's been cornered. Uh, if you use the word test, and that's the only way you can find out whether a person is using or not. I'm talking here about drug addiction, not, yes. not uh, alcohol or so. There's, there's other tests for that. Mm. But with drugs, you need to do a test. So the person, and you can't go to the chemist and buy your own test and test your, because you won't be able to, um, you know, read it and understand what what the test is all about. So it's best to take take the the person to somebody that can have a pre and post counseling session and then do the testing, because it's not just about the testing and the results. It's about the pre counseling, and you know, you, you you get him to to agree to it and you get him to understand why we're doing it. So uh, in some cases, the, the guys don't want to be tested. And they will get all sorts of reasons not to be tested because they are in denial. Because now, once they are tested, then they gain, their bubble is burst, so the, the truth then comes out. But uh, as a life coach or recovery coach, we are trained to get them to, you know, to, I'm not just saying confess, but to speak to the coach and say to the coach, you know, this is more the reasons why I'm 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 in addiction, and most of the time there there are reasons why people get addicted. They don't just get up in the morning and they say to them I'm going to start using drugs. There's always a history to it, and part of the recovery coach is to help 
to help the, the addict to find that reason. Why did I start using? And, uh, and, yes. and, yes, sorry, and the, reasons, the, the reasons are always, you know, what has happened uh, in my childhood, what has happened with, with peers, um, you know, um, the, the reason varies, you know. Uh, family, uh, I didn't fit in low self-esteem, um, there are a host of reasons why they actually turn to drugs. Yes, and what are some of those reasons, or what are some of the common reasons, Kuresh? Kuresh? I think the most common reason is um, it's issues, unresolved issues, family issues. And I found with a lot of the, the addicts that I've been dealing with was issues with their fathers. Um, that, you know, my father wasn't there. Um, I didn't have a relationship with him. Um, you know, those issues that, that sometimes there's abuse in the family, then they turn to drugs. Because remember, drug is, uh, it helps them to cope. So mm. as young uh, boys and girls, they don't have the resistance or they don't have the know-how. We don't have structures in, in our communities, you know, where people can go and, and talk. So what's uh, the easiest thing? They go and they try to fit in, in a group uh, where they smoke. You know, they start with, with, with cigarette smoking and then they start with alcohol pipe. And then gradually it... it, it um, it evolved into using hard drugs because the system uh, gets tired of, you know, if you're just smoking or you're just using the oka pipe, the system wants something more because that thing is not giving you that satisfaction or that high anymore. So for, for a while it's okay, you know, to socialize, but it is it is progressive. Using even DAFA uh, and, and then going into, you know, harder drugs, it's, it's progressive because the mind and the body wants the craving becomes bigger. And even if you just use to smoking three a day, you're then even increasing the dose because the, the body craves, uh, um, you know, the, the drug. So it's something that once you start it, it, it gradually, even if they will say, they will be in denial say, no, you know, I can leave the drugs whenever I want to. I can just walk away. But that's the biggest lie. No, they never just walk away from it. They get caught into it. They start, uh, behavioral changes. These guys start losing their, their job. They, if he's a sportsman, he leaves the sport. So it is. It escalates. So uh, you lose focus because then the drug becomes your world. The drug becomes your reality. So now you're creating a new reality, and uh, you forget about what your real purpose is. And then sometimes, unfortunately, the drug addict is seen as a drug addict as a washout. And we don't have sufficient uh, support. Uh, we also speak about recovery capital. So um, recovery capital is, you know, your, your, your sports groups, your, your, your religion, you know, your, those groups, your doctors, everybody, and, and your life coaches and your people, your sponsors and your, your groups, your support groups. So those are all people and all groups that is there supposed to help the addict because the addict will not be able to help himself because while he's drugging, he's not seeing anything. Nothing else matters to him. So it's it's a very dire situation that uh, the person finds himself, he doesn't have support, he can't turn to his parents and to his family because they are going to judge him. So he just carries on, he manipulates him, you know, he dodges them and his behavior changes and he, you know, he starts regressing. And instead of, of owning up, 
And, and a big challenge is also around family homes where parents, they don't understand drugs, they don't understand addiction, and they, they either cover up, but they never go and seek help, uh, you know, to say, you know, my child is in, what can I do? What are the steps? What should I look for? How can I help him, you know, in a professional way? Sometimes we even say to them, you know, use tough luck. Uh, sorry, tough love, yeah. where you um, you know you put him out, and you say, no, if you're not going to be tested regularly, if you're not going to do one to three, if you're not going to the rehab, you can't live here. So that had also proven to to work, but the most parents are, are suckers, you know. They they get caught into this thing. They become uh, addicts because now they they're feeding the addict. You know, the addict what gets his way and. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of parents, they see their shame, they don't want to go for help. And then when they go for help, it's, it's maybe a bit too late. If they go for help sooner, you know, they can make a big difference in the life of the addict. If you're just joining the conversation or you just switched on your radio, we are speaking to Life and Recovery Coach Koresh Isaacs just to understand more about addiction and recovery and what causes people to relapse. This is on the back of reports that uh, the long jump champion and Olympic silver medalist Lova Manyonga has um has relapsed. Those are the allegations. Those are the, those are the suspicions. And uh, family members have spoken to the Sunday Times as well as uh, the City Press. And also, by the way, a couple of months ago, Luva was arrested for public drinking, and he was fined for contravening a coronavirus lockdown restrictions um, in, uh, in 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 the Western Cape. I think it was in Stellenbosch, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. that story. But let's just take a voice note before we continue our discussion. We'll still speak to Noti Mukwena also later on the show. Good evening, Tabiso. This is Malwande Nguseka in Stellenbosch. Um, the rumors or the news, whatever you call it, about uh, Luvo Manyongo, um, I guess uh, it's true, but I'm not 100% sure. But uh, I've got a friend who works in Stellenbosch. He's from PAL. He told me that. Luvo, it's his cousin. Um, all the things that you mentioned here to your show, he told me that uh, uh, he's back. Uh, he's uh, he's back on tick, and uh, yeah, I can e- um, I can even maybe forward the number uh, uh, for my friend, uh, this guy um, who's telling me that he's uh, Luvo, it's his cousin, he's from PAL also, but he's a manager in Stellenbosch, he works in Stellenbosch, so I guess um, it, it's true. Um, yeah, Marwan is from second Stellenbosch. Good evening everybody, this is Itumilang from Middleburg. Um, coach, I just want to find out. Um, with somebody who is addicted to whatever substance, um, is it possible for that individual to overcome that addiction on his own? and Or rather, does he have to have a support group or indeed a coach to overcome that? And how much of it does it have to do with that inner desire to want to overcome that? And how does a coach inspire that inner desire to that individual to overcome that addiction? Thank you. 
Okay, thank you for those voice notes, folks. And the first one from Malwande, uh, thank you for, for, well, for that update. And we also did speak to family members before we went on air, folks. So uh, we're not just going with what was said in the newspapers. We spoke to a couple of them before we went on air to cover this story. And we did let them know that we are covering uh, this story. Coach, before I get to the question from Itumeleng, okay, maybe let's start with that. Can somebody who's addicted overcome it on their own? Okay, uh, thanks, Mr. Lang. I think it's a good question. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying, no, I can do it on my own. Uh, also, it depends on your desire to overcome it. Sometimes people eat rock bottom, they, they lose everything, and then they are forced to, to, uh, to overcome it. But I would say 90%, even more than that, uh, it, it's very difficult to, to overcome it on your own. Because um, the drug is, some of the drugs sit with you, uh, changes your chemicals, your chemical um, composition, and you need professional help. Depends also how long you've been taking it. Some people can, um, I, 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 I know personally people that have overcome drugs uh, on their own and they just decided, you know what, I'm finished with this. And then they walk away. Uh, and they, they never go back to that. So yes, but they, they are very, very few people. Uh, in our experience uh, over the last couple of years is that people need help. They need recovery capital. They need, they need to be pushed. They need uh, to be coached, you know, through this. Let them understand because most addicts don't understand addiction. They don't know how it works. They only look at the end result. So um, I would say, in my opinion, it's it's very difficult to overcome it on your own. Not impossible, but uh, it's, 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 it's very, very hard. You, you spoke earlier on about the reasons maybe that lead to addiction. And I know we didn't invite you to talk about the Louvre case. Uh, we just invited you to talk in general about addiction now that we have this case on our hands. But we know that a couple of months ago, Louvre lost his mother. Is that part of a reason that could lead somebody to relapse or, or, or to be addicted? Yeah, sometimes if you lose a death, if death is in the family and you've been, uh, if you had a close relationship, you know, that is also a trigger. Uh, divorce, sometimes parents divorce, sometimes you lose your job, sometimes you lose your girlfriend. So all these things can be triggering factors because now you think to yourself, what, what is it for me? And, and the drugs would help you to cope. So they're using the drugs as a coping mechanism. And before they know it, they're so deep into it, it's very difficult to get out of it again. And that's, that's the tricky part. You also spoke about uh, triggers. Was, is alcohol a trigger or is alcohol maybe a sign that somebody who was an addict has, has relapsed? Can you make that argument or can people that were addicted to a substance still drink without using that substance? Look, what we say in, uh, in addiction, we say, if let's say you were addicted to alcohol, the best is to is to stay away from it, to stay away from the friends, to stay away from things, people, and places. So you you totally divorce yourself from it because whatever you know, it could be a trigger. Anything, the friends, um, you know, Friday night, it could be a trigger on Friday night, so or it's Saturday. So those things are trigger. And we always say to the addict, you know what? Don't don't tempt yourself. You know? Pull yourself out, go into another direction, find sober friends, find a new circle of friends because you've obviously proven that, you know, you, you are not strong enough. So those things that will remind you or those things, 
and the brain will automatically just just fall in. The brain will uh, will give in, and you know before you know it, you you're drinking and you on the binge again. So uh, it, it's not a good idea to 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 say no, I'm just having one drink. The same with with, with addicts that using using drugs, they always go back to saying no, I'm just I'm finished with drugs. I'm only using weed. So it's still a drug. It's still an illegal drug. Um, you know, if you if you um, if you're using it in in a public space, so um, you 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 can still uh, you're still an addict, but you're using it to say no. I'm actually scaling down. It's like a guy would say, no, no, I'm just having a glass of wine at night. It's best if you want to leave the addiction or you want to move away from it. It's best to leave it in totality because you just uh, opening yourself to be, um, you know, to get into that spiral of, of using again. And finally, Kuresh, if there's somebody listening, maybe they want to get in touch, maybe they need help, how do people find you? Um, they can just go onto our website. It's footprintscoaching.co.za. Uh, our contact details in there, we can assist them. And, um, yeah, we, we are a voluntary organization and... Um, we can advise them, we can come out and speak to the, the groups uh, and basically just um, set them up and, 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 and share with them what this phenomena is. And, and the more people we uh, we can educate, and then that's a big part of our focus, to run workshops and to educate people about addiction so that we can create more recovery coaches. Um, and the courses are, you know, you don't have to have a matric or anything. You can become a recovery coach, service your community, service your family. You know, so we are we are into training, and we'd like to extend, you know, our, our invitation. Say to people, we'll advertise on the website. You know, feel free. Uh, some of these courses are free. We also do um, testing courses, you know, so people can uh, know how to test. Um, and um, you know, understand the cycle of addiction, mm. uh, and just to add value okay. to, to to the community. Just hold on, Kuresh. We've just got somebody on the line, and maybe you might need to respond to this before we let you go. It is the main okay. man himself, KGM. Good evening. Thanks for calling us. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to your guest and to the listeners. Look, let me quickly just add to 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 what your guest has been talking to. Um, firstly, we we do recognize and I agree to the fact that this is not just a Luvo Manioka or mm. a few uh, athletes or sportsmen's problem. I mean, you can go right across the, 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 the races, you'll find it. You, go, you can go international, you'll find it. Mm. Um, the latest being the, the Diego Maradona. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's all over. But I think for, for us, my suggestion is, as, as, a, as a sporting community, as South Africans, we need to identify, maybe have an, an organization or association or a group of elders. You know, those sportsmen, soccer legends, athletic legends, tennis legends, and, 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 and. Those who know the industry. I mean, you can imagine if rugby players, cricket players, soccer players, and so forth, who, who are, are now the elders, who know what it takes, who have been there, done it, got the T-shirt. If they were to form... Uh, organization or platforms where they can mentor these youngsters, where they can take them through the paces. You know, uh, some of these guys have, have been so successful without uh, uh, money. Things have changed. 
right now there's a lot of money into the sports but that kind of advice that will be coming from somebody that you've idolized somebody that has been your hero i think it will go a long way in in at least curbing and maybe ultimately uh, eradicating the problem of substance abuse in general for okay. for me really i'm calling up upon those grades mm. to come from the hiding places and and stand up and take up this this challenge and deal with this matter tabizo Thank you. Wise words from a wise man, KGM. I love listening to you on SAFM the whole day. And I think we're going to have to leave it there. It was more of a comment. I thought he had a question for you, Kuresh. But thank you for joining us, Kuresh, and just for giving us some insight here into addiction. We hope that we could have helped somebody or somebody that knows somebody that's addicted was listening to our conversation. And you can pick up a tip or two. As I said, it's not necessarily about Luvo. It's just a general conversation now about addiction. And you can find them on footprintscoaching.co.za there. Up next, we're going to speak to Naughty. Mukwena, how's that from addiction to naughty Mukwena?